0: Good evening, everybody. Oh, you guys are very nice. I'm glad I'm here with y'all. Y'all are so nice. Aha! There we go. Okay, so this morning I asked you guys to take a deep breath, and we'll do that once more. Let's. And hold it in and exhale together. Yeah, that's good. So we're going to be talking today about the breath that God gives us. It's a gift. It really is. Each and every breath. And I have some interesting facts about the human lungs. If you want to follow along in your notes, you can. I've got some fill-in-the-blanks. Did you know that the average person can hold their breath between 30 seconds and two minutes? Yes, two minutes. That's what I said. So, we usually don't hold our breath very long. You think about that. You breathe in, and then you breathe out. And then you breathe in, and then you breathe out. And then you breathe in, and out, in, and out, in, and, 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 and out. But I was reading an article about a movie that's coming out soon, and one of the actors for this movie had to do a stunt underwater, and she was down there for eight minutes. Isn't that crazy? And she had her costume on and she was doing her little, some kind of winged something or other. It's one of those, the, the movie with the big blue aliens and like we meet them and then one of the guys becomes a blue alien. Yeah, the second one. So they're coming out with a new Avatar movie and Emily Blunt, she held her breath underwater for eight minutes. Don't try this at home, kids, okay? You stick to your 30 seconds to two minutes, all right? She's been a professional, she's trained. But our lungs, we need our lungs to breathe. In fact, I have a picture up here of the lungs, and oxygen from the air around us goes in, and then carbon dioxide comes out. (laughs) Right, that's just how we breathe. I mean, I don't breathe like that all the time. But I did notice one time, somebody pointed this out, when I'm very relaxed, sometimes my right nostril will whistle. <laughs> it's very annoying because it'll be really quiet, you know, and then it's like peaceful and everything. You look at your table like, "Why are you breathing so hard?" And you're like, "I'm oh, sorry, it's just how I breathe." Right? So we're talking about breath tonight. We talked about bones last night. But does anyone know? I know I have a few amateur scientists in here. Does anyone know what the little bubbles are called inside your lungs? the alveoli. I know what you're thinking. I love alveoli. They're perfect with some tomato sauce and some cheese. No, that's ravioli. Okay. The little bubbles inside your lungs are called alveoli. So you have oxygen that goes down your throat here, down your trachea, not your esophagus. That's why you should always chew your food because food does not belong in the lungs. That's when you get kids going like, "Ah." so chew your food before you swallow. Because that side is only made for air. It's made for air. It goes in, and then it goes into these little bubbles. And then there's blood vessels in there, and they exchange. And they're like, have you ever been at the lunch table? And you open up your lunch box, and you're like, hey, you. You want to trade? And then this guy goes, I got some chips. And then you say, I've got a pudding. So you're like, I want your pudding. Well, I want your chips. Then we just become best friends. And that's what happens in your lungs, because your blood's like, hey, you. You want some carbon dioxide? And then your lungs are like, I've got oxygen. And they trade. And then the carbon dioxide comes out. And then they do it all over again at the lunch table. You breathe in. (sighs) Just like that. I'm going to start breathing like that from now on. and see how many of you notice. Just walk by. (sighs) So please don't make annoying noises. I know that we're all bunked together. And we're learning things about each other at night. Right? How many of you snore? Okay, no shame in that. You know what? Tell it to people like this, I don't snore, I purr, right? It, whenever someone turns on a really nice car, and it's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. right? So when you tell people, I don't snore, I purr. I'm a high-performance vehicle, don't you know? Not like a just a clunky old diesel truck. That's more like a tractor, you know what I'm saying? I hope none of you little kids sound like a diesel truck. That's That's going to make for a long night. But the lungs, they exchange. Like a couple of kids at a lunch table, they exchange, I want your pudding. Here, take my chips. Your lungs say, I want your carbon dioxide. Here, take my oxygen. And that's what we're talking about today, an exchange. Can you say that with me? Exchange. Very good. So we're going somewhere tonight. Oxygen goes in our lungs, and carbon dioxide comes out. So I want to look at a scripture here in the New International version. I'm going to turn I'm going to turn this down just a little bit. I'm booming. Okay, there we go. That's good. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says this. All scripture, how much scripture? All scripture. A little scripture? No, all scripture. Just the scriptures we like? No, all scripture is God-breathed. It's interesting. A lot of other versions and translations of the Bible say "inspired by God," but I like the NIV because it says "God breathed," and it comes from the original Greek "theonumos" from the lungs of God. And it's useful for teaching. That's what I like to do. I like to teach. I'm a school teacher. Rebuking. Have any of you ever had kind of that like, "Oh, look at that! I want to touch it," and then you go out to touch it, and then like your parent or older sibling, like, "No." Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, oh, look at that bug. I want to eat it. And they're like, no. You know what I'm talking about? Or, you know, you just kind of dig it in the, in the mines, and you pull one out, and you're like, I wonder if... No, that's bad. Okay? So that's what rebuking means. Like, you're doing something, and you're not supposed to be doing that one. So it's like, no. Ah, If you're a Hispanic child, you grew up, and they say, no, caca. And so you don't do that, because it's bad. So rebuking, correcting... I was driving the other day with a friend of mine, and we were having a great conversation on the road, and then the car just kind of started to kind of drift, not drift like, not that kind of drift, but just kind of leave the lane, and then this car was so smart, it started going, ding, ding, let's get back in the lane. And I'm like, wow, look at this smart car, right? It's telling people to stay in the lane, and then after, you know, we're having a great conversation, and my friend kind of drifted two more times, and then the car showed a picture of a cup of coffee and it said, how about taking a break? I'm like, whoa, that's kind of creepy. So cars are getting smarter all the time and they have all these safety features. But when we look at correcting, correcting is not quite the same as rebuking. Rebuking is like, ah, no, caca. But correcting is more like, hey, let's kind of come back a little bit. Yeah, that's correcting. And whenever vehicles get in an accident, sometimes they overcorrect. Have you guys heard that term before? over-correcting and you're just like oh, oh, oh. and then your parents remind you like hey it's just a battery powered jeep just calm down right because you're going five miles an hour you guys any of you have those battery powered little cars yeah i used there's a weight limit so i can't enjoy those anymore you get like one leg in there but correcting is kind of like hey let's just uh, bring it back just a little bit it's not the same as rebuking nah no so we got teaching rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, when I think of the word training, I think of the armed forces. Did you guys love the beginning of that story that we heard today? Oh my gosh. And then he's like, and then he woke up in a cemetery. I'm like, and then what? No, don't leave me hanging. And we're going to find out tomorrow, right? Yeah, I know, and it'll be like one of those old serials on the radio, when we left our hero last, and then they have the organ music, you guys listen to radio dramas, am I the only one? Yeah, thank you, all right, my people, yeah, I love radio dramas, it's great, because then you can just imagine what's happening, so that was a great story today. And that's what I think of with training. Whenever people go in the military, they have to be trained. In the event of this, we do this. In the event of this, we do this. In the event of this, we do this. And sometimes training is correction. Sometimes training is rebuke. Ah, no, bad. And the word of God that comes out of his lungs, it's good for all that stuff. See, what I want you to remember tonight is this. Anything that comes from God is full of life. Adam was just a mud pie, and then God breathed into him. And then he's like, oh, look at this. I got a body. Some theologians say Adam did not have a belly button. You know, trivial pursuits. But God breathed into Adam, and he got life. And then God borrowed from Adam, breathed into and then he got Eve. She had life. Then Adam and Eve, later on, they could make life, but everything that comes from God gives life. Now, when we exhale, it's mostly carbon dioxide, right? It's good for plants and stuff, but you got to breathe oxygen. That's why it's dangerous to hold your breath too long because you got to have that oxygen. You got to keep putting it in, putting it in, putting it in. That's why our lungs inhale, exhale. You want my chips? I want your pudding. There's an exchange here. So all scripture is God-breathed. Everything that comes from God gives life. This is what I want to point out here. God gives us breath. He gives us life. We're going to do a little experiment. One of my favorite phrases in the Bible, okay, is in Genesis, and it's talking about the creation of the universe. It says, you know, in the beginning, the spirit of the Lord, and the hovering in the waters and stuff, and then God said, and I want you to hold your hand up here in front of your face, and I want you to say these three words with me, okay? Let there be. Go ahead, say it. Let there be. Let there be, say it, just like that. Let there be, do you guys feel that? Do you feel that wind on your hand? So in technical terms, especially people who work with sound equipment, that's called a plosive. You ever hear about certain people who make popping noises when they're on the microphone? It's because of that rush of breath called a plosive, right? And whenever I hear that, it's usually the, the P sound and the B sound whenever people are talking people are talking. So whenever I read those words, let there be, I think of how there was an explosion of creation because everything that comes from God, it gives life. So in the beginning, there was nothing, right? It was just void. The original Hebrew words are uh, bohu and tohu, which roughly translated to English could be like void and vacant. Like there was nothing Genesis 1 was written very poetically. It was like, it was very nice, it's very beautiful. But to have that image of nothing, and then God says, (gasps) and He fills His lungs with His creative power, and then He says, let there be. And all of a sudden, there's a universe. In fact, many scientists will still tell you today that the universe continues to expand. It's still being obedient to what God said. Isn't that wild? That just boggles my mind that we're still understanding the stars and the cosmos and all these things. And it all started with three little words, let there be, because everything that comes from God gives life. That's amazing. That's the kind of powerful, wonderful, creative God that we serve And just looking at our lungs, we've got an exchange here. We're talking about an exchange tonight. We take in oxygen, we take in life, and then we're able to give the things that we don't need anymore. We get rid of those. We expel the waste, the carbon dioxide. So if you're filling in your notes in your notebook, you can see just as we inhale and exhale, we understand that. We know what it's like to breathe. And then you go running super fast outside because you don't want to be late to the pavilion. And you're like, right, like the anime cartoons. And And then you get there and you (laughs) breathe. And then you drink your water and you're like, (inaudible) okay, let's do it again. And then then you get there. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've seen you guys do it all day long, the past two days. So we breathe in what we need and we get rid of what we don't. And just like we can understand that natural picture, remember, this week, we're looking at natural pictures that we can understand that God helps us understand supernatural things. That's crazy to think, oh, I know how to go, and we do that all the time, and we don't even think that's how the universe was created. From the breath of God, everything that God breathes into is life. In fact, we understand that Jesus is the word made flesh, is how the Bible describes him in John chapter 1, and he was there in the beginning. The Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So Jesus was part of that be, and he was. In fact, he told people, because they're like, Jesus, who do you think you are teaching us these things? And he says, hey, before Abraham was I am. Like Jesus always lived in the present tense. That's just like, as an English teacher, I'm like, no, that doesn't fit. That was in the past. But in the past, he was in the present. And then in the present, he's in the present. And in the future, he's in the present. And I'm just like, ah. it's okay. As you grow up, it'll begin to make sense. Or as one of our favorite snowmen would say, this will all make sense when I get older. I may have to edit that out of the video because Disney is very particular about copyright infringement. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah Gulag. No, that's not his name. Olaf. There we go. When I call him? call him Gulag. So everything that comes from God brings life. So we can look to the word of God and say, you know what, God, I'm having a really tough time today and my shoes got all muddy and I wanted to go to the pavilion and we're stuck in the dining hall and I've been stuck in the dining hall all day and now the walls are closing in and I'm going crazy. (laughs) You're not the only one going crazy in here. okay? but we can give that to God. Let's all take a big exhale. (sighs) That feels good. We can give that to God and then he gives us his peace. In fact, I have a smartwatch here, and it has a little app on there that does breathing exercises. Because when you breathe, you get peace. When you breathe, you get peace. You... Whoa, <laughs> I was purring there for a second. So in the same way, the next time you are out of breath, I want you to remember this, that whatever's going on in your life, whether it is disappointing, whether it's upsetting, whether like that little Looney Tune cartoon, you guys know who Marvin the Martian is? Yeah. And Bugs Bunny does all this stuff and he gets mad and he walks up to him and he goes like this. He says, oh, you make me so angry. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Whatever it is in life that makes you angry, you can just oh, just catch your breath and know that God wants to give you his peace. Because the same loving, creative God who said, let there be, watches over you and me. And the Bible says that we can cast our anxieties, we can cast our cares on him. And I think about that exchange at the lunch table. Ugh! I don't want this pudding. And God shows up and says, how about some chips? I don't want this anger, and I feel these big, scary emotions, and I don't know how to process them, and just, "Ah!" but God is there waiting, saying, how about some peace? I want you to remember that as you grow up. You're going to come across a lot of things that are difficult to understand, and you're just like, this is not making sense right now. But always remember that in God's word, you will find peace. There's that exchange that we were talking about. Just like we inhale and exhale, inhale and exhale. We can give God the things that we don't need, and he will give us everything that we need I'm so thankful for that. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm thankful for that. I think it would be a good idea if we closed our time today with a short, sweet prayer. Would you pray with me, kids? God, we love you so much. And we thank you that you have made a way for us to understand your word because you want to speak to us. You don't want to confuse us. You don't want to upset us. You want us to understand how much you love us. God, help us to remember today that we can give you the things we don't need, and you'll give us the things we do need. It's as natural as the air that we breathe, that you love us so much that you created this wonderful world all around us with trees and grass and thunderstorms, and you want us to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. God, keep our hearts open that we would always be ready to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You guys have been great. I had a blast. I was a little worried when it started thundering, yeah, and thundering, yeah, and lightning, yeah. So thankfully we were able to come in here. We were safe. We had fun, and we learned a thing or two.